as I'm sitting? Like, no. is is it gonna be like? No. Okay. As long as you don't hit it. Yeah. Right. It's right. Fine. Okay. I can't believe this is like my third episode with you guys. Mm. This is, cr- and then we have to take a picture before you leave. Okay. I mean, I'm like so photogenic. So. You are, <laughs> of course. You're so photogenic. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, this is Yolanda Murphy, and welcome to this Exceptional Journey podcast, where you will find inspiration to live courageously through adversity, empowerment to live freely despite your past, and ignition to live boldly in your purpose, all by walking the survivor's side of life. Good people, (laughs) what is up? It is your girl, Yolanda Murphy, back with another episode of this Exceptional Journey podcast. If this is your first time, hello, how you been? What took you so long to get here? (laughs) And if this is not your first time, welcome back. How'd you like the last one? I know, it was great, wasn't it? (laughs) But anyway, I have someone amazing with me today, my home girl. But before we get to the guest, before we get to the guest, let me go ahead and plug my social media, as always, because I tend to forget at the end. I'm kind of forgetful Jones. You remember for- Forgetful Jones from Sesame Street? I do not. No? Oh no. Gosh, I've just aged myself. <laughs> um, but social media, really quick, Facebook and Instagram, at This Exceptional Journey, and then Twitter, um, at TEJ Podcast. Hit me up. Um, also, hashtag me, TEJ Podcast, if you have any questions, comments, or suggestions. Cool. Let's get right into it. Probably, as you can tell from the title, I have an amazing woman with me today. Her name is Erin. Right. Your name is Erin, right? It is. (laughs) It is. (laughs) We have this running joke. Um, Now, I'll tell you a little bit. Erin is also a part of the auspicious Young Adult Cancer Support Group here out of the Cancer Caring Center in Pittsburgh, PA. Um, She is one of my close friends, again, um, as you probably heard me talk about a few others. And literally I mean chemo brain is real and yeah. literally every event that we go to I have to say to her now who is that again <laughs> it's Jen right it, no 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 it's who not. was it no I called Veronica <laughs> what did I call Veronica Stephanie like Rebecca or something it was, it was ridiculous Either unrelated way, I mean I know and here's the crazy thing I know these people like it's not that I don't know these people but names just they they don't stick with me well. So Erin is my go-to every time, and I pull her to the side like, um, who is this again? <laughs> What's their name? But welcome, Erin. Thank you for coming on. Thank you for having me. So again, something that joins us, as you already know, is cancer. Um, but I'm so grateful. I mean, as I've spoken about previously, so grateful that we met each other. Absolutely. Um, and the group has been great. So I want to dive right in so you guys can get to know her story. So tell me, so what's your story? Diagnosis, treatments, well, all those things. Um, my story, um, luckily, goes back 11 years. Yes. So November 1st, 2007, I was diagnosed with triple negative breast cancer. I didn't know that. Yes. I didn't know. I mean, I knew you had breast cancer. I didn't yeah. know it was triple negative. Though. It was. What? Yeah. Okay. And then I come to find out after the blood work that I was BRCA2 positive. Mm. 
So in addition to dealing with a breast cancer diagnosis, they tell me that, you know, it doesn't end there because mm-hmm. for the rest of your life, you're now connected to ovarian cancer mm-hmm. and other reproductive cancers. Mm-hmm. Um, and then later on, I come to find out that it also increases your chances of melanoma. So, yeah, that was a more recent finding is that they are finding some correlations between the BRCA2 gene and melanoma. Really? So, granted, since my cancer treatment, I am the whitest of white people and (laughs) I am terrified of the sun. And when I do go out in the sun, it is SPF a thousand every five minutes and year round. My face cream has SPF in it and it's it's all the time. So I smell like the beach all the time, time. which is fine. did someone go on vacation? Right. Oh, no, it's just Aaron. Nope, nope. It's just, just me. It's, it's just, just me. It's just Aaron. So funny. Okay. Yeah. Um, so my my diagnosis, I have to say, was it was a total shock. Mm. And it wasn't just a total shock because I was 24, but because, and I kid you not, mm. the surgeon during my biopsy removed it and then told both myself and my parents in the, like, recovery room, that it was nothing and that it was a fibroid and she Shut could up. tell us Are you with a hundred percent certainty that I could go home and enjoy things and go back in two weeks for follow up just for like the incision marks. Yeah. And that was October twenty-ninth. What? Yes. And then um, on October 31st, when I was at my apartment uh, enjoying Halloween, I got a call from my mother who told me that the surgeon had called the house for whatever reason and she wanted to see me the very next day. And I think at that point I knew mm-hmm. because I already had something scheduled for two weeks. Mm-hmm. So it was, so what, did, need what does she me? need to see right, me for? Right, right. And, you know, my mom kept saying, oh, she just wants to check on things, whatever. So I played along. Right. And, you know, next day I'm sitting there and she – comes over to me with tears in her eyes really? and says, I hate to have to tell you this. Well, I hate to have to hear it. Uh, hello? So, um, and I had, I, you know, I was, I was angry that she was so upset because I felt like she didn't have a right to uh, feel that way. You told me I could go home and be right. fine. Like, really? You said with 100% certainty wow. that it was nothing. Wow. And now you're sitting here telling me that I have breast cancer. Wow. Yeah. What? So, yeah. So what happened after that? Like, did you have to have any other surgeries? Or? I did. So I immediately switched doctors. Oh, hello. <laughs> that, was, that was the first thing I did. Uh, that all happened in one health system, and I switched over to UPMC. And um, that's where I've, I've been since. And I had six months of chemo. Mm-hmm. It had spread. Um, it spread into the lymph nodes. Really? Yeah. So when she did the biopsy, there was no clean margins. So it was continuing Mm. to spread from that time period. Um, So I had six months of chemo. Then I had a lumpectomy with the lymph node dissection. And then I had um, six weeks of radiation Mm -hmm. after that as well. Um, And then I was, you know, I felt good for a number of years. Mm -hmm. And... With the BRCA diagnosis, I'm considered high risk, mm-hmm. so it's constant mammograms and MRIs mm-hmm. and, and being poked and prodded all the time. Yeah, yeah. So finally, I got to the point where I said, um, just take them off. Mm-hmm. And so 
think four years ago, mm-hmm. I had the bilateral mastectomy. Mm. Yes. Wow. And reconstruction, and now here we sit. Wonderful. Yeah. I didn't know some of that. It's yeah. so crazy. Yeah. We're going to come back to that um, bilateral in a minute. And then, yeah, so you have BRCA2, you said, right? Yes. Mutation. Okay. Okay. I didn't know that either. Wow. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. So let's start here. Was, was there any family history that you had? Yes. So my mother is a breast cancer survivor. Oh, shut up. Yes. Okay. Uh, she was 43 when okay. she was diagnosed. And my great aunt also had breast okay. cancer. Okay. And does your mom know if she carries any mutation? She does not. Really? She opted out of getting testing. Um, both of my sisters did. Mm-hmm. So I have two older sisters. Mm-hmm. They both got tested. One tested positive and the other one mm-hmm. did not. So okay. um, my one sister does all the high, she's in the high risk program yeah. at Hillman and, yeah. and does all that. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And for those of you that don't know that aren't from Pittsburgh, Hillman is a um, can- an amazing cancer center here in the city of Pittsburgh uh, through the um, UPMC or University of Pittsburgh Medical Center, um, where I had my treatments. Hey, Dr. Marks, how are you? <laughs> um, so, okay. And how long ago was your mom diagnosed? Like, what is her um, survivorship at this point? Uh, 26 oh, years. Oh, so it's been a while. Yeah. Okay, okay yeah. that's good. Yeah. That's good. That's good. I mean, you see that hope, you know what I mean? Oh, like, absolutely. For right. sure. I mean, you're you're already 11 in, so yep. that's amazing. Absolutely. Okay. okay. And then your sisters, they're good. Yep. Nothing. Both good. Okay. Yeah, no, my my one sister, she ends up, she gets a lot of um, small, like, basal cell carcinomas, Mm -hmm. um, skin cancers here and there, but um, she just gets them removed, and she's just monitored all the time, but... um, And that's the one that had the BRCA mutation? Yeah. Okay. That is so crazy. Yeah. It is so crazy. Can you imagine what modern technology was not even 20 years ago, 30 years ago? Oh, my gosh. Like, can you imagine... I mean, I can't even, I can't speak to, you know, when the BRCA and all of that um, testing, of course, was like made available to everyone. I mean, you know, anything that first comes out, they Mm -hmm. always, you know, treat the special people first. Right. Um, But when it's made available to everyone, I can't even imagine not being able to know that because that opens up such a world of, I mean, how many celebrities do we know? um, Two that I know of, Angelina Jolie and Christina Applegate who knew they carried the gene, they were like, nope, take them off. Like, nope, take everything. Absolutely. Because, because they knew that they carried the gene. Isn't that crazy? Like modern technology. I mean, I'm grateful, don't get me wrong, but I can't imagine being a survivor of any cancer, not just breast cancer, but I can't imagine being a survivor 20 years ago, 30 years ago. Like your only hope back then was just getting a right. mastectomy and... Oh, yeah. And my, you know, my mom's treatment was so different from mine. Oh, really? You know, I had the chemo first, Mm -hmm. then the surgery, then the radiation, which was standard. Mm -hmm. That was that was the new standard was was going that route. Mm -hmm. Um, My mom had surgery first. I did, too. Then she had just the AC cocktail. Mm -hmm. And that was it. Really? No radiation? No radiation. And... I had the AC cocktail, then I had a Braxane, 12 weeks of a Braxane after oh, the four rounds of AC. That's crazy. Yeah. Wow. Um, and for people who don't know, please tell them what AC is. Adriamycin and Cytoxin. Yes. Um, and that's 
two different types of chemo. It's a cocktail that they give you. I had cytoxin and taxotere. Okay. Yeah. I was allergic to taxotere. Really? Oh, yeah. So that's wow. how I ended up with the abraxane mm. was you have to prove being allergic to okay. taxotere okay. in order for the insurance company of course, to, to cover it to pay let's not even get started on i know right <laughs> please let's not get started on the freaking insurance companies because oh right let's, let's put a pen right there um so okay um so mom's good mom's you're good, good. sisters good. are good wonderful so let's let's do this so how is life now like so let me that's a very broad question let me ask you this sure. so what is life now look like for you as a survivor i know um a couple guests that i've had on we talked about being a survivor is different for everyone mentally what you go through during the day um whether it's at work or at home or you know anything like that so what is everyday survivorship like for you so i i think for me um life is 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 good especially when I'm working. Yeah. So because I love my job, mm -hmm. I am so kind of in that mindset during mm -hmm. the day. Yeah. Yeah. When I get home, oh my gosh. Life is oh my gosh. so different. So different. It is it's so different. Still. And that's where um, the Ativan and mm -hmm. the medical marijuana mm -hmm. and everything else comes into mm -hmm. play because there's so much of that one those side effects from chemo, they don't go away. They don't. And I don't want to scare anybody mm -hmm. that, you know, hasn't gone through that and might be looking at the future of having to go through that. Mm -hmm. But a lot of those side effects, they they stick with you. Very and well. they're still with me 11 years later. Mm -hmm. I still have a lot of GI issues, mm -hmm. you know. Girl, don't even get I, me started. And it's, you know, do I take the Imodium today or do I need to take the probiotic today or do I need to take Miralax today oh or gosh. what? Don't how, what's today going to look like oh for gosh. me? I thought it was just me. No. Girl, I went through, I talked to my PCP because, I mean, if you're lactose, I've never been lactose. I've always been a kid and even a grown adult that's been able to drink any type of milk. Mm -hmm. But even when I don't eat dairy, everything either bloats me. Yep. Oh, or yes. I'm on the toilet for like ever. Yes. Like what in the world? I, I know. That's what. Oh, go ahead. I, I it's. After I eat, I feel like, am I six months pregnant here? My clothes don't fit me. I'm uncomfortable. Girl. And, you know, luckily I live with a with a really great guy who doesn't <laughs> mind when I'm passing gas all I night I mean, if you long. can be with me, it comes with it. Like, it is part of the territory at this it point. It is. It's yeah. just, it's the life with, with the GI. And, and so we live it. I'm glad um, I wasn't the only one, but go ahead. But the anxiety. And mm -hmm. I, and I think I always just tell myself it's because of the BRCA, mm -hmm. you know, because of that BRCA piece and because there's that whole, when you have a mastectomy, it's still not a hundred percent. Right. And they make it very clear to you mm -hmm. over and over again, mm -hmm. we can never remove a hundred percent of the tissue. Mm -hmm. The good thing is the tissue that is left is going to be on top of the implant. So you'll, oh, you'll yeah. see it, yeah. you'll see it, you'll feel it. It, it can't be hidden yeah. anywhere. Right. Um, but that's still that's still cancer. It's still cancer. It's because if there's tissue there for it to right. grow on. So yeah. whether it's it's small or or big or whatever it is, it's still cancer. Mm -hmm. And you know, I think that 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 terrifies me. Mm -hmm. And add on top of that, ovarian cancer risk, mm -hmm. where. 
there's no early detection for that. So I have to have a yearly exam with my gynae, and then I have to have all internal ultrasounds mm-hmm. uh, every year. But there's still no early detection. It's the best way that they can search for things, mm-hmm. but there's no early signs. Mm-hmm. There's no early symptoms, and it's just – it's terrifying. It's a lot. It's a lot. Um, yeah. And, you know, the doctors all recommend, well, you got to have it all out. Well, okay. Oh, my gosh. But My doctor asked me that one more time. It's – how do you make that decision? Right. No, here's the crazy thing. I, right after I got done with chemo, I guess my doctor, because of my age, had assumed I had children. And I love my doctor. Don't get me wrong. He's, like, one of the best. And – he was like, okay, yeah, so let's talk about getting out. I was like, getting out what? Like, <laughs> no. Right. Mm-hmm. He was like, oh, don't you have children? I said, no, I do not. Oh, well, right. Switch up your story a little bit, sir. Like, no. And that's not automatically going to be. So I think, like, that was the very first time right after chemo I finished. He asked me that. And then maybe, like, six months later or a year later, he was like, all right, so had you thought about no, I didn't. Right. No, I did not. No. And I don't want to talk about it right now. No. No. And it's, you know, you already took my boobs. Hello. I mean, I still got mine, but yes. And now you want to take mm-hmm. my insides. Mm-hmm. Can you leave me some lady parts? Something. Like, can I be a lady somewhere on Can the you inside? leave it somewhere? Girl. And I just... I can't make that decision, and I'm pressured every year when I see my doctor. It's, you know, Aaron, we said 35. Well, guess what? I'm I'm now past 35. Mm-hmm. So, Aaron, you know, that, that risk is just increasing, and you really got to consider this, and it really right. needs to come out. Okay, well, guess what? I'm not there yet. Right. And they have to be respectful of that. You know oh, I mean? for sure. And, yeah. you know, I, I do say my doctors are very respectful of me and my opinions, my thoughts, and, and what I'm ready for. Mm-hmm. But it then that then increases the anxiety. I already have the mm. anxiety. Please stop doing things to make it right. worse because right. it's already there. I'm already, you know, afraid. I mean, having a diagnosis is enough. Let Absolutely. Else that comes along with it. Right. It's ridiculous. I, we were talking. Um, I think I was talking to Stephen, and we were talking about how you just like every little thing, like everything that you feel or everything that doesn't go the way it should or like, Oh, that's the cancer. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Go ahead and get ready. Like yep. it's, it's crazy. It is, it is well, crazy. And I'm even, I'm getting blood work done because in the past three months I've had this recurring sinus infection. Mm. I was on two rounds of augmentin and a round of steroids. Hmm. Then all of a sudden I got a cold sore, which I'm sorry, I haven't had one of those in 11 years since mm-hmm. my chemo. Mm-hmm. And then the cyst on the back of my neck became infected. And I was oh on God. a round of doxycycline for that. And so for me, I'm thinking something's not right. Something's up. Something's up. My body and my immune system is not as strong as it should be. Mm-hmm. And that's terrifying. Mm-hmm. And of course, automatically, I'm sitting here like, great, the chemo gave me leukemia. And now I have, now that's that, where I'm at. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. Is that not crazy? Yeah. I, when I was told that, um, not only the chemo, but then radiation could give you cancer. Mm-hmm. I said, what? Mm-hmm. Like, what you're giving me is trying to save me, right. but it can give me cancer again. Right. Oh my gosh. And of course, those are the cancers that increase as time goes on. Right. right. So, 
you hit that point of post-treatment and it's like, oh my gosh, great. I'm in remission. This Mm -hmm. feels great. This is wonderful. And then, you know, you're another year out. Mm -hmm. And then every year further out, people look at you Mm -hmm. and think, what is your problem? Yep. You are 11 years out. What do you have to be afraid of? No, are you kidding me? Okay. You don't even know where it begins. Right, right. And I think that's so crucial to, to point out. Um, because survivorship never ends. Like just because I no longer have the disease in my body or what have you, I still live with it every day. And not only do I live with it, but mentally it's with me every time I do something, every time I'm like at work or Mm -hmm. like you said, work keeps me busy mentally. Right. Um, but when the day stops, it's still with me, you know, you've moved on, you know, you've moved on with your time and your day and. Of course, you know, we all have great support systems, but it's over for you. You right. know what I mean? And and I'm yet still, you know, I still have to face the realities of it every day. Right. That's, yeah. Yeah. And, and unfortunately, unless someone has actually lived it, you can't explain that to someone. You know right. what I mean? Like they're, they're not going to understand the anxiety and the stress and all that comes along with that. So... I well, we have we have physical reminders. I mean, I yes. have a lot of scars, mm-hmm. bilateral ma- with mastectomy mm-hmm. with reconstruction. There's a lot of scarring mm-hmm. that goes along with that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, even for those that have lumpectomies, prior to this surgery, I had scars mm-hmm. from my lumpectomy. Yep, I sure do. You know, we yep. have these visual reminders every day, every day mm-hmm. of what we went through, which which I think in a way gives me strength. Yeah. You know, and in one side of things, it's like, oh, my gosh. Yeah, I, I lived this. Mm-hmm. I survived this. Exactly. That's amazing. And then on the other hand, it's like, well, crap, it's mm-hmm. still not over. And it's, it, still not over. it's never going to be over. This is my life for the rest it of is. my life. It is. It's a new normal for us. Listen, now that you've brought that up, <laughs> um, I, I've, it, you know, if anyone has ever heard me spoke public, spoke. I said that right. Oh my God. (laughs) If anyone has ever heard me speak publicly um, or even, you know, listen to to previous episodes, um, I talk about the new normal and how there's, you can never prepare for what life will be like after a diagnosis, um, no matter how hard you try, because everyone's after is different. Right. But we can almost assuredly guarantee you that there will be a new normal. excuse me um because life is never the same life is not the same afterwards so tell me about your new normal i mean we've talked about you know the ativan we've talked about the medical marijuana how's that been been helping so it helps me sleep for sure which is my my biggest issue Mm -hmm. i can't get my brain to stop Mm -hmm. you know at night when it's time to relax and lay down and go to bed that's when it's my time to go a little crazy Mm. and the thoughts and the fears of what is happening in my body Mm -hmm. because cancer doesn't hurt. Right. Right. And you know, that was something that really hit me upon diagnosis was Mm -hmm. I didn't feel any different. None. I felt great. Mm -hmm. I just had a lump in my breast. Mm -hmm. But other than that, I was healthy and I felt good. Mm -hmm. The treatments, on the other hand, don't make you feel so good. No. And you feel awful. Awful. But then living the rest of your life, I sit here and I think, well, I feel good. But that doesn't mean 
that something isn't happening inside. You know, we just, we never know Mm -hmm. what is going on. Mm -hmm. And while I don't want to live my life in fear Mm 24-7, it's still there. Still. And it's still something that, you know, I struggle with and I struggle to cope with Mm -hmm. and and deal with and find what works for me. And and right now what works for me is, you know, taking an Ativan or or medical marijuana. Mm -hmm. It helps to calm that those crazy thoughts Mm -hmm. it helps me to be at peace Mm -hmm. get some sleep Mm -hmm. and be able to get up and do it the next day exactly it's it's so crazy how um you know now that we're talking about the medical marijuana because we have a couple people in our support group yeah absolutely um who whose sediments are exactly the same that yeah it does help because we we have a couple people in our group that are stage four and, you know, it definitely helps with like side effects and um, yep. like nausea and of course all of that stuff. But it helps with the maintaining of your emotional levels at right. some point. And um, I'm not going to name any names, <laughs> but we recently had a very great time at an event. Yes. And yes, medical marijuana was on the menu. <laughs> yes, it was. <laughs> and um, I don't I don't have medical marijuana. so funny some of my friends when I was very first diagnosed asked me so did your doctor give you a prescription (laughs) I was like I didn't even ask for one I didn't even think because here I am just trying to live like I'm not even thinking about it exactly you should probably ask your doctor (laughs) like get out of here like are you kidding me right but I mean I can completely attest to the fact that I mean I've never really been a weed smoker like we were talking we both used to smoke cigarettes back in the day yes um and that was my extent like i would like smoke weed maybe in high school once or twice or um i think in college maybe once or twice but i'm not really like it's not my forte you know what i mean i could do without it but i can definitely attest to the fact the few times that i have had it um that it definitely hits you like right in that system that lulls you you know what i mean that allows you to be calm um Sometimes too calm. <laughs> right. Sometimes too calm. Okay. Um, we have you all the been giggles. there. <laughs> Let's not talk about it, Maria. We're not going to bring up any bring up any instances. <laughs> but so how do you? I mean, because that's a hot topic right now. What, what do you think about medical marijuana? Like it, it's helping you apparently. Absolutely. I think it is so important, mm-hmm. and I think it's so important for people to really understand. Mm-hmm the the true benefits of it mm-hmm. um it's not about getting high i mean granted is that nice absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> but you don't always have to get high to reap the benefits of mm-hmm. medical marijuana you know there are certainly the lower thc higher cbd mm-hmm. where you're not gonna have that that full head high mm-hmm. but you're gonna get the benefits from it even mm-hmm. the anxiety mm-hmm. and you know i have still have neuropathy in my feet from mm-hmm. the chemo mm-hmm. thank you chemo for that one right. um so pins and needles 24 mm-hmm. 7 in my feet mm-hmm. not when i'm smoking weed right Hello. <laughs> um it's gone yeah. it is amazing yeah i love it And, you know, I recently, my mom, um, she, while she's, you know, 20 some years cancer free, she has MS. Mm, And so we recently got her a medical marijuana card Mm -hmm. um, and it shows success for her in her, you know, ability to get up and walk 
yeah. and move around yeah. in her joints and her muscles and in her body. Mm-hmm. It's it's amazing. Wonderful. It really does have so many healing qualities mm-hmm. from mind, body, yeah. spirit, everything. Yeah. And it's it's just such a blessing that, you know, I'm we're able to have right. it. Able and to have it. Absolutely. I think that's that's critical because a lot of people think, and just like you said, I think education is key. Yes. Um, because a lot of people are like, I mean, you're just getting high. Oh my gosh, you're just smoking weed. But the benefits of it, just like you said, there's varying levels of, right. you know, what you can have or even um, the form that you can have it in. Right. Uh, um, so it's not just about, you know, token a blunt. You know what I mean? Right. Like, it's, that's, that's not it. I mean, some people do. But oh, for sure. No, that, that, that's definitely not um, the case with everyone. And then, like you said, it has so many qualities about it. Now, this is not a commercial for weed, y'all. It's not, <laughs> this is not me pushing <laughs> medical marijuana. But what I am saying is I know people like an Aaron who have benefited from being able to have access to medical marijuana because of what we've gone through and what we've dealt with and continue to deal with. Um, It's not just people trying to get high to, you know, not think about their worries or troubles. It is actually people who are physically, I mean, emotionally, yes, as well, but physically benefiting from the, 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 the drug or, you know, the substance. Well, and I just learned to look for, you know, specific, I think it's the CBG look Mm. for that percentage because that helps with gut health. Oh, shut up. So yeah. And so it's, you know, that, that's something that I, that I learned, you know, I've Mm -hmm. learned so much from this whole process of, of getting the medical marijuana and, and talking with the people at the dispensaries and, Mm -hmm. and everything. And they, they're so knowledgeable Mm -hmm. and they know what, what you should be taking, what strains should be you be using, mm-hmm. what, you know, different, the CBG and the THC and the CBD and all that mm-hmm. kind of stuff about what's going to help your needs. Mm-hmm. It's so individualized. It yeah. really is. Good. And Remind that's me to so ask helpful. you something. I'm sorry about no. that whole process when we're done. Um, so yes, it's so helpful and Absolutely. that's good. I need, it's great that they're educated when you go. So they right. know exactly what you need and point you in the right direction. So that's yeah, good. That's good. Sure. Um, so let's go back for a second to you opting to get the bilateral. So okay. because here's my thing, um, because I, as I've spoken about before, I still have my own breast and my surgeon, who was also amazing out of UPMC, um, she said to me from the beginning, she was like, because of the size of your tumor, she said, I, I, I have um, confidence that I can get clear margins. You know what I mean? So and because I mean, if you're watching or if you're listening, I, my breasts are huge. Um, as my doctor would say, you have a lot of volume. You're volume heavy, <laughs> as Dr. Awesome. Diego would say. I would think it was the funniest thing ever. Like, just say my my breasts are big. That's exactly. Say. Right? Like, they're, they're huge. Oh, you have very dense breasts. Thank you. Okay. Thank you. Right. Right. Thank you. <laughs> um, but uh, so she said because, you know, there'll, there'll be different sizes, but because you have so much volume, you won't be able to tell. You know what I mean? Ah. Okay. <clears throat> so, excuse me. So she was like, I feel like we can get clear margins. She said, now back in the day, you know, before everything that we're able to get and do nowadays, um, it just would have been like mastectomy. That's it. Just cut it off and be done. She said, but we have so many options now. Um, she said, but it's up to you. Yeah. Um, if you want to do it, you know, you don't carry the gene at the point. At this point, we knew I didn't carry any genes. Um, so she was like, it's up to you. Like, what do you want to do? I said, oh, we'll just take out what you need to take. And we'll keep it moving. But I mean, you know, as, as we've already spoken, 
always in the back of my mind is reoccurrence. Absolutely. Always in the back of my mind. Um, besides, you know, getting the mammograms, like it's always there, you know what I mean? And yep. I've often thought like, what would it, what would life be like? First of all, no longer having the breasts I've had since like third grade, to be honest. Like I was wearing a C in like fifth grade. Like it's Holy ridiculous. Holy cow. Well, maybe not a C, maybe like a B, but it was, they were, <laughs> I mean, real. I was like, I didn't have, I didn't have boobs till I was like a junior in high school. I'm so sorry to hear that. <laughs> I should have gave you some because I literally was like the only girl in middle school with oh like my gosh. full coverage, like just ridiculous. Um, but I mean, I say that to say I've, I've been thinking recently, you know, as you already know, the, like you said, the more years you go out, the more you think like, holy cow, like I, I it's any day now. Yeah. Like, it's any day now. So then I, I thought to myself, well, what, what would it be like to just have nothing? Because here's my thing. If I have a reoccurrence, just cut them off. Yeah. I don't want I don't want implants. I already know what it feels like to have breasts. I don't need them anymore. I don't have children. That's my thought. But I want to know your thought behind it. So my thought behind it was if you're going to take my boobs, mm -hmm. then you're going to give me the biggest, <laughs> fakest ones <laughs> ever. Honey, I'm not mad. <laughs> And that is what I did. Wonderful. And um, I I opted no nipples. Oh yeah, because you know it, it also confuses me sometimes because there are at some junctures where they can't save your nipples though, right? Right. So I was my breasts were too large naturally to do the nipple sparing mastectomy. So that's they were too big. Yes. Yeah, so that's oh. generally for smaller really that's interesting women How, why is that yes oh so they did explain it to me okay. and it it ends up being that whatever happens they can't generally get them even oh. in that kind of makes reconstruction sense. the larger that the larger chested you are okay. the harder it is to kind of even out the nipples and reconstruction. i mean that would be kind of like right um aaron Fix your, fix yourself. <laughs> oh no, girl, that's my nipples just over no, there. No, it's now. just like that. It's just <laughs> like that. <laughs> no, my nipples just there now. Don't it's worry just about there. it. <laughs> like, oh, are you breastfeeding? Oh yeah. Yep. Yeah. Come on, babe. Come under on. my armpit. Right, under your armpit. Like what? <laughs> okay. I mean, that kind of makes sense because I mean, the bigger your breasts are, you do have more t um, skin right. and tissue. Okay. Exactly. That makes sense. So, I ended up having what they call the skin sparing mastectomy. Um, and then immediate reconstruction with expanders. Now, explain expanders. So expanders are where they put in, it's basically like a flat balloon. Mm -hmm. And then you go back every week and they slowly fill the balloon with like a saline solution. Mm -hmm. um, to stretch your skin. To stretch the skin back out. Mm -hmm. Because you don't, they're taking half your skin. Mm -hmm. And so... You know, for me, even though I opted to go the largest volume they could, I don't I don't really have porn star boobs because right. I can't. I could never get that big mm -hmm. because they took so much of the skin in the mastectomy. Mm -hmm. So they just slowly restretch the skin. Okay. Well, in my case, <clears throat> um, the left breast was not stretching the way they wanted it to mm. as a result of the radiation. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. So I ended up having uh, what's called a latissimus flap surgery where they take oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. skin and tissue from your back mm. and move it to the front to then help mm. the expander, you know, keep going in size. Hmm. Yes. 
Okay. And then once you are at the size you want to be, and they'll you can go as small as you want or mm-hmm. as large as, as they can get it, um, then you have go in, another surgery, they mm-hmm. take the expanders out, swap it out for implants. Mm-hmm. And then after that starts the nipple conversation. Oh, okay. So, so it's not before. No. They, okay. they, my surgeon had the conversation with me after. Okay. And it was do you want? And it's, there's a couple of things they can do. They can, um, like, I don't know, they call it bunch it like your skin. They kind of, they make the nipples out of your skin there, like puckering it kind of. Yeah, 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 yeah. Or they have prosthetic nipples. They do. That you can purchase. Mm -hmm. Um, They actually have them that if you choose prosthetics prior to your mastectomy, they will send you a mold. And you can do a mold of, of your, your nipples. Shut up. Send Modern them off. freaking technology. Exactly. Like, are you kidding me? Right. Like, baby, I'm going to keep my nipples exactly. one way or another. <laughs> what? Blows my mind. Yes. What? And those stick, they say, for approximately two weeks at a time. Yeah. Um, which wow. I guess is good. And then the other option is the 3D tattooing. Yes, which I've seen as yes. well. A couple of conferences that we've gone to yep. have had like vendors and stuff there. For that. My tattoo artist actually does 3D, the 3D oh, cool. nipple tattooing. Mm-hmm. Okay. And he's showed me um, things that he's done. I just honestly, I don't see a need. Yeah. So what do I need nipples for? Right, right. What, what do you need them for? And if you do them in surgery, then you always have hard nipples. Holy cow. I did not know that. So, guys, I'm learning so much. It's, oh my gosh. If they're puckering your skin, it's oh, always going to be that way. Holy crap. No, I'm good. No. And no. like we buy padded bras to hide that kind of stuff. <laughs> right, that's what I'm saying. Like you can't have that. No. Like you got to put on like four shirts. Exactly. Like, are you cold? No, I just had breast cancer. It's, you know, it's right. just the way it is now. Yep. Wow, that's crazy. Well, that thank you for telling me. I, I had no idea. Yeah. The last time my surgeon asked me if I wanted to do nipples, I told him I don't plan on entering any wet t-shirt contests <laughs> in the future. That would be perfect, right? Like, <laughs> so I figured I'd pass on that. Well, I mean, it's good to know your options. Absolutely. However, I mean, you, you chose what you felt was right for you. Yes. And for what, um, because I know there are some people um, that just chose to keep it flat. Absolutely. I know uh, was a colleague of mine at work mm-hmm. chose to just keep it flat. But here's, I mean, as women, we already go through, I, I can speak of breast cancer specifically, of course, because we had that, but we already go through self-image stuff. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. the cancer has attacked a part of our body that makes us women. Right. Or makes us, well, differentiates us from right. men. One of them, of course. But... um so regardless of if you have a lumpectomy or a mastectomy, like it's the cancer is already in a place that is your woman part. Mm-hmm. Um, so when you take some of that away, you take a part of that away. Absolutely. Um, so it's great to know what your options are. And again, this is no pump or prod or diss on being flat or choosing to get um, implants. It's your choice. It's your body. You know, you can choose mm-hmm. um, whatever you, you would like, but it's just crazy to know um, like, I just, I don't know that, you know, a few minutes ago, I just said, if I were to ever have to, you know, have a reoccurrence or what have you, I would just be like, cut them off. But then I really would have to think to myself, I mean, I've had breasts literally since elementary school. Yeah. Like what? Right. 
Like, I would be flat as this table. Yep. With all this stomach. <laughs> with all of this and no more breasts. Like, how would I live life? Like, what would that be like? Right. Like, no more bras, like, nothing. No. Like, hey, <laughs> you don't need bras with fake boobs. You're right. You're right. I'm just saying, I got that luxury. Listen, I. And when I jump up so and expensive. down, they're not going anywhere. I love it. I love it. And I'm always like, ow. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, you know, again, it's it's always your choice. It's your body. It you is. know what I mean? But that you made the choice that you felt that was right for you and where you were, you know, in your journey, in your walk, you know what I mean? It, for your own survivorship, this is what I need for me. Well, and that's important to point out, too, you know, the where you are in your journey. Mm -hmm. Because when I was 24 and my surgeon said to me, what surgery do you want to have? Mm -hmm. It was just dizzying yeah. to think about. Mm -hmm. I mean, my boyfriend basically broke up with me a week after my first chemo. Shut up. Are you serious right now? I am very serious. What? Yes. Oh, my so, gosh. That's a whole other story for another right? time. <laughs> I was telling, I think Matt and Stephanie... Um, that uh, I want to do an episode on dating. Mm. Um, and I might have to have you on. Absolutely. I have some because fun stories. Because that's so stories. interesting. That, yes. I mean, just to think about, I mean, everyone has their own opinions. And I even asked Matt and Stephanie, I was like, what are your views on, you know, when you guys were dating? Because, you know, by that time, Stephanie was already, right. you know, a survivor. And Matt was just like, I mean, if she could beat cancer, I mean, we can do anything together. Yeah, that was. I mean, we we know Matt is awesome. Absolutely, he's, he's the but, greatest. I mean, just thinking about having to date after a diagnosis is dizzy. I mean, I've dated like a few people, mm -hmm. but cancer has never come up. I have not brought up cancer um, because here's my thing: I'm not going to tell you about it if we're not serious. Yeah, because there's really to me, right? There's no need for me to tell my business to somebody who, in a month, I'm not even going to know your last name. Right. That's just me, though. Absolutely, but. That's insane. It was crazy. That's insane. Came to my first chemo with me. What? Oh the, my I can, God. It is like burned what? into my brain. I mean, everybody, I, no, I don't want to say everybody. Mm. I would think many of us survivors remember that first chemo. Oh, for sure. Pretty vividly. For sure. Everything about it. Yeah, for sure. And, um... <clears throat> It's that day is burned into my brain and he was right there by my side. He came home with me. I stayed at my parents' house that night. He was there. Yolanda, I kid you not, laying in the bed and he says, and I quote, Oh boy, I'm scared. I cannot believe the love of my life is going through this. Well, where were you after though? Where were you after? And then... He left. He really kind of stopped answering my calls. And about a week later, I come to find out that that very next day, he met a girl at the bar. Girl, shut up. He is now married to her. He's married <laughs> to the girl from the bar? Yes. Oh, my gosh. Now. What? I have to thank him because had that not happened, I might not have met Eric. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Hi, Eric. So, you know, and, and he, Eric, is the love of my life. Yes. Yes. So. He's so great. Had that not happened, you know. Right. That whole, right. I would not be where I am today. Yeah. But in the moment. Yeah. 
at 24. No. It was. It rocked my world. And then all of a sudden, a couple months later, it's, well, are you going to have a mastectomy? Are you going to have a single mastectomy? Are you going to have a bilateral mastectomy? Are you going to do reconstruction? Are you going to have a lumpectomy? Mm -hmm. And I just, it, like I said, it, it was dizzying mm -hmm. just trying to figure out so what am I supposed to do? I'm, I'm single. I'm 24. I just put on 25 pounds from the chemo, which, by the way, doesn't always make you skinny like people yeah. seem to well, think. Well, no, I, I tell people that all the time. Like, my doctor told me, I mean, if, if you've never seen me in person, I'm a thick chick. Like, I am a thick black woman, okay? And I say just that to say I've always been a thicker woman, always. Like, all of my, like, middle school, high school. I mean, I played sports and stuff. So, of course, I was in shape. And even when I was in the best shape of my life, I still had shape. You know what I mean? Right. Like I wasn't mm -hmm. real, you know, thin. Right. Um, but my doctor told me, he said, do not try to lose weight. He said, if anything, we want you to gain weight. I said, mm -hmm. oh, okay. And I surely did. And oh, I yeah. surely did. Yep. I gained like 25 pounds. Because when about ca cancer, they're like, oh, you're going to be bald and emaciated. Yes. No. no. I was bald. Yeah, for sure. I, yeah, was, I was bald. bald but, but I was quite plump. I was, I was nice and, and thick. <laughs> I was yeah, right thick. there. <laughs> and I tell people today, I'm like, you know what? When people are like, oh, I, you know, I try to lose the baby weight. Oh, no, I'm still 11 years later. I'm trying to lose that chemo Girl, weight. I'm like, still trying to, okay? Someday, it maybe. It doesn't seem like it wants to go anywhere, okay? <laughs> but I, I think I made the choice for the lumpectomy because of all that. Mm -hmm. I was so afraid of dating again. Mm-hmm. What are guys going to think of me? Mm -hmm. What, you know, Absolutely. how do I, how do I bring this up? How do I talk about it? That mm -hmm. whole insecurity mm -hmm. and everything that goes along with it. Mm -hmm. And I finally, you know, determined, let's just go the lumpectomy route mm -hmm. because my survival rate was the same. Right. You know, right. and that, that's something that I think it's important to know Absolutely. is that when it comes to the surgery piece, survival's the same. Yep. It's the afterwards. Yeah. That's my a little bit different. She was like, that's why she was like, you can do right. one or the other. It's just up to you. But right. your your chances are not going to change, right. you know, of reoccurrence or anything like that. So that's really good to know because, yeah. again, there are some women who may be out there contemplating it. Yeah. Um, but definitely weigh all your options and do what's best for you and your body for where you are right now. Absolutely. Um, because it's not about your mom, your dad, your spouse. Do what's, what makes you happy. Um, and is going to, I mean, cause we already have to fight it anyway. You know right. what I mean? We're already fighting cancer. Something has to be done. Yes. But do what you feel is comfortable enough for you to be able to live and function appropriately and try to be happy after diagnosis. Right. Right. Yeah. So much, just so, so many little tidbits in that. So, much. <laughs> so let's talk about this. What are you doing now? So what's life like? You, you, you brought up my boy, Eric. Yes. Hey, Eric, how you doing? <laughs> so you're dating the love of your life. Yes. Yes. We, so how was that? It's good. We are getting married next October. Shut up. Yes. So yes. we've been engaged for seven years. I love it. And he's a keeper for three of those um i thought we were it's been five we both were like we've been engaged for five years for the past three years <laughs> it's <laughs> it's been seven I oh guess. my gosh that is so funny um so yeah we are set to get married next october um and the axe has been the greatest thing for our relationship awesome and 
and I'm sorry, just real quick, let me plug. So some of you already know, um, and if this is your first time listening, um, like I said at the top of the episode, Aaron and I are part of a group called the Young Adult Cancer Support out of the Cancer Caring Center here in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Um, basically, it is a support group for young adult cancer survivors of any type of cancer um, where we get together every month. We have a group where we sit down and we just talk you know, about new updates or things that are going on. And then once a month, we also have, excuse me, a um, social outing where we do different things. Like we've gone canoeing and dragon boating. We did paint night. So just clean, fun things for us to do to kind of like get our, our mind off of, of cancer. And then there are times where people bring guests. So you said this has helped. I just wanted to make sure they knew exactly what we do. Um, so how has it helped your relationship? That's cool. So, um, you know, a, a lot of people are surprised to hear this, but when Eric and I first started dating, he was not as understanding mm. and um, sweet uh, when it came to the cancer talk. Okay. He was, he didn't get it. Mm-hmm. Um, it would frustrate him. Mm incredibly frustrate him Mm. when I would be upset, when I would cry, uh, when I had scans coming up and was terrified Mm -hmm. and going crazy because that's what you do. Mm -hmm. When you have a scan and Mm -hmm. you don't know what's going to come back, Mm -hmm. you go a little mad. Listen, And it's crying one second, it's screaming another Mm -hmm. second, Mm -hmm. it's not laughing, then it's screaming, then it's 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 crazy. (laughs) And it irritated him to no end, mm-hmm. and he just I mean, he couldn't sense. couldn't get it, mm-hmm. and it was it's over. You know he he was of that mindset. You're done, you're done, you're past this. You do not have cancer right now. Get over it, and move on with your life. I mean, people don't get it because they've never been there. So. Exactly, of course. And coming to the socials and meeting other survivors and meeting other caregivers Mm, and the family members and being around everyone, he gets it. Wonderful. A hundred percent. And he is so supportive. And, you know, I, I, does he get it a hundred percent? No, no one will. Cause he, thank God he's, he's never been there. Right. But he, knows how to be a little bit more sympathetic at this point (laughs) yes and has been so supportive with my choice to go through with the mastectomy and the reconstruction he did some really awful things that no man in their mid-30s ever wants to have to do like wiping their fiance's butt after surgery i was just gonna ask were you guys already together at that time yes we were yeah 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 and um he did a lot of, he emptied my drains. What? Yes. All right, Eric. Yes, everything. Yes. Had it not been for Yaks, I'm not sure he would have been so open to those things. Well, I was going to say, I, I can definitely attest. I've, ha- I've had some um, friends and family members that I've brought um, to some of the, like our social events and stuff. And they say it's mind boggling. Like, Absolutely, yeah. They know me, of course, but it's just like you said, it's great to get around other um, survivors and co-survivors or caregivers and see, you know, other people thriving and surviving. It's it's amazing because then you can kind of be like, let's talk real quick. Like, right. <laughs> let's right. talk about this. Let's talk about that and be honest and open about it because that's what we are. You right. know what I mean? We don't sugarcoat it sugarcoat it. We do not. If you've not learned anything yet about listening to this podcast, I mean, there's, I mean, life after a diagnosis is real as it gets. 
Absolutely. And you need to be as real as possible mm-hmm. with how you feel or what's going on. And yes, a caregiver or a co-survivor doesn't always understand that, but they can get it from another co-survivor yep. or another caregiver. Like, oh, snap, did you have to do that too? I did. Oh, yeah. my goodness. <laughs> right. um, so that's great. So it's definitely helped you guys. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And it's just, it, it's been so wonderful. And um, I don't know. I, I think every... Every time something happens, it's almost like he's even more supportive. Mm-hmm. And um, I know he had a really hard time, too, with, you know, we recently lost a member of our group. Mm-hmm. And that was the first time that somebody from the group had passed that he knew mm-hmm. well. Mm-hmm. Um, we've had other members pass, mm-hmm. and he didn't really, you know, he really yeah. hadn't had a lot of contact with them. And I think again, for him, it was that reality check as it is even for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I say it in groups sometimes, sometimes, even when we're always fearful of things, sometimes you still forget the cancer kills. Listen, I, yeah, I literally just posted something on my IG, um, about, you know, what I've lived through people have died from. Absolutely. Like, mm-hmm. When you think about it, that is insane. Yeah, it's terrifying. Absolutely terrifying. It is terrifying. It, it's, I mean, because, of course, and of, it, it, you, you guys have probably heard me say, this is not a gripe session. This is not us complaining. This is true, real-life young adult cancer survivors. Yeah. Talking about everyday life. <clears throat> excuse me. And what it looks like to be a survivor, but every single day thinking especially if you have a gene mutation or you know in my case my cancer was very aggressive and every day they're like you know okay let's check you know let's do this and you're like oh my gosh like what is going to happen now or what's going to happen next it's it's unnerving absolutely it's unnerving so are we grade three twins too no i'm grade two i was grade three really yes Yes. What, did you have IDC? No. I don't know what that is. Okay. Look, I just said no. no before I tri- even know it, and I had triple negative. No, I was triple negative. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. No, wow. I was I was um, triple negative, grade three. Wow. Yeah. My gynecologist told me that had – how did he say it? He said something like, had you not had this out now, within six months, it would have killed you. Shut no up. questions. What? Yeah. I mean, that's good to know, but that's insane. And I wanted to be like, okay, well, it is out, so let's, right. let's not think about right. that. So what are the Holy cow. Now? Right. Like, oh, my gosh. Let's kind of move imagine. on here. Yeah. So good. Good. So Eric is amazing. Yes. Um, everything. You guys are getting married. Yes. Oh, my gosh. I can't wait. So I can be sitting um, at the table with all of us. All the yaks, people. Oh, my gosh. I know. So fun. It's going to be so um, nice. I was telling Stephen, because, you know, they just bought a house. I and know. I was like, so I saw the porch in the pictures. Like, <laughs> right? when is the party? Exactly. He was like, maybe we'll have a yaks meeting. I said, no, 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 no. <laughs> it's a party. <laughs> I was party. talking about me <laughs> <laughs> sitting on your porch next summer. Just bring over the cooler with the beer. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I said, I wasn't talking about a meeting, Stephen. I was talking about us like that's so great just kicking it right yeah so great so life is good it is survivorship is great i mean we're still here right absolutely i mean there's stuff that comes with it there is there is and that's something that you know like you just said it's not griping and that it's so hard to to be able to say 
I'm scared without people saying, but, but, Mm -hmm. but you should be grateful. Mm -mm. I can be scared and And grateful. And I'm allowed. Like you can be both. Yep. Yep. I can be blessed to be sitting here right now Mm -hmm. and talking to you Mm -hmm. and also crapping my pants Mm -hmm. that in a week or so they're going to tell me I've got something else Mm -hmm. because by the way, on January 7th, I'm having another surgery. Really? I am. Is now what is this one for? If you don't mind me asking. There's a mass in my uterus. Are you serious? I am. Shut up. I just got the call for the surgery today. What? Yes. So how is how are you taking that? Oh, I am. Um, my boss asked me today if I was smoking a lot of weed I was gonna say because girlfriend. she said I am a little bit too calm. Um, and I'm not, I can honestly say I, I don't do that at work. Um, <laughs> just so you know, not that I not don't want to or think about it, but no, um, that's, that's not something I, I need to be doing at work. No, um, not at all. <laughs> I honestly, I'm in my happy denial place. Okay. I mean, that makes sense. That's where I want to be. That- Listen, and you're yep. allowed. Uh, thank you. And you're allowed. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, no one has to face it. You do. Right. And you, when you're ready, you know, I, I was talking to Stephen about it, and I was saying, you know, when I was diagnosed, um, it was a Monday, and I took like a couple days before I told anybody mm-hmm. because I needed to be in this space. Yep. Um, and you're allowed. Yeah. You're absolutely allowed. So that's January. So we're yeah. going to be praying for a speedy recovery. Thank you. And did they say what it is? No. So what they do know is that it's not a cyst. It's okay. not fluid filled. Okay. So, um, what the, all they could see is that it is a mass, okay. um, at the, base of the uterus i'm not gonna lie i have no idea about a woman's reproductive system i don't either and i got it at all Mm -mm. uh so (laughs) all i know is that it's it's a mass in the uterus that especially because of the BRCA mutation and everything um they want it to come out i guess for some women that would possibly be something that they would just monitor Mm -hmm. so if you're not like because i'm not having any symptoms i'm not having any crazy abnormal bleeding or or crazy pain or anything Mm -hmm. um for for most women they would probably just monitor it see if it grows or causes Mm -hmm. any problems but for me um there is that there's that chance and so they they want it out Mm -hmm. and to test it so okay well good i mean at least they know it is there they're getting it out right speedy recovery um but that's i mean unfortunately that's part of this life it is that and you know when people say or say without saying um oh how are you and if you honor if you answer honestly like oh this is how i'm feeling today or this is what i mentally had to battle oh well at least you're still alive oh yes I hate it. Me like, too. With a thug passion. Yes. Like, yes, I am. Like you said, I'm grateful, but there's all this other stuff that comes along right. with it. Um, That's grounds for a throat punch, by the way. <laughs> I would be right behind you. Double throat punch. Let's do it. Um, and that's the unfortunate part about it. But yeah. the greatest thing that uh, I can attest to, um, as I've said numerous times, is we know we have the support to go through it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, yep. if it wasn't for Yaks child, listen, I know y'all listening. You're probably tired of hearing me say this. Um, but Yaks was like a saving grace. Oh, for sure. Like a, sa- because 
nowhere in the world would I've been able to plant myself in a group of people where you just get it. And (laughs) like, I don't have to tell you why Nope. I can just tell you what. And then you say, Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. And I don't get the, well, I mean, you, 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 you beat cancer. Did I? I did. I beat the tumor because they removed it and it's not here again yet. Right. Well, not let me not say yet, but it's not here. Um, but there's so much more that comes along with it though. So, so much. And again, that's, that's the whole preface of this exceptional journey because it's crucial and it's vital. Um, probably if you've been listening, you know, like every story that you've heard from every guest is altogether different. Um, we share the disease but all of our journeys with it are so completely different. Oh, man, it's so different. And yet we have such a bond mm-hmm. that it, people would, you, you can never even begin to right. imagine right. the kind of bond that mm-hmm. we have in that group. It's crazy. And we're such different people if you put all of us in a line and had people look they'd be like no no (laughs) like not at all you're talking about who (laughs) right like what you guys your your friends right like what (laughs) yeah like and if we were in a dark alley this is my girl yes don't do it okay um but i think that's the that the greatest thing about having a group like yaks yeah i mean there's probably other cities you know what i mean that have a something like a yaks um, but we can only attest to what we have. Right. And we're grateful, um, for that Stephanie shout out. We love you. Thank you. We do love you, Stephanie. <laughs> and Matt, we love you too. You Thank you for sharing your wife. have brought us together yes. for life. Literally. For life. Oh, it's so amazing. Erin, it's been great. Oh my gosh. It has been so nice. Oh my gosh. I love this. I just love, so I was telling Erin, I'm always so, I mean, even when I do my own podcast, like uh, do my solo cast, I'm always nervous just because- I mean, to me, this is not just, I mean, it's, it's a hobby, so to speak, but this is legit like advocacy to me. You know what I mean? This is getting out something that someone otherwise might've, might not have known or heard, um, and getting information to people. Like if I made it, you can make it. And this is how, you know what I mean? Or I have a friend that went through this and if you have this, they made it. So can you, and this is how, um, but it's so crucial and vital to hear everyone's story because they're all important. Um, and no one's, you know, one story is better or worse than anyone else's. We all have something different, but your something different is different than mine, which can help someone else that I may not be able to help. If that makes sense. I want to thank you for saying, you know, that we're all different and no one's is worse than anyone else. Because I think that is what I hope people can really take away from, Mm -hmm. A lot of what we talk about because no one's cancer is worse than anyone else's. Right. Right. No one's story is worse than anyone else's. Mm-hmm. It's different. It's just different. Yeah. Your your story is different than my story, which mm-hmm. is different from Stephen's mm-hmm. and Maria's and Stephanie's yeah. and, and everybody. Mm-hmm. And I would never compare compare right. them because you just right. you can't because no, we're just we're just different we're just all different yeah. Yeah. different places in our lives with um different types of cancers mm-hmm. and treatments of cancers mm-hmm. and so it's all it's all our own yep yep and we try to own it every day right we do we try we do and don't forget i need to talk to you about that medical marijuana absolutely 
listen, your girl needs a hit. I'm sorry, mom, if you're listening. I'm, <laughs> I'm just playing. I'm just joking. Um, but this has been amazing. As always, you know, I always try to um, bring up and highlight as much of the person as as much as the disease. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, we had cancer. We are not cancer. Right. So what else is going on with you? You know what I mean? That type Absolutely. of feel. Um, and I think it, it was good. I think so. What do you think? I mean, I hope so. <laughs> if it wasn't, I'll just come back tomorrow. Hey, we'll girl, do and it I'm again. A, and you know I'm okay <laughs> with it. Like, let's go. Um, but yeah, thank you again so much for being on, for agreeing to share your story. Thank you for um, having me. Of course. Girl, you know, I remember your name. So I have <laughs> right? to I have to I'm have the only you one on. you have to. <laughs> have you on if I remember your name right (laughs) so I just have one more question for you at the very end um if you could tell your pre-cancer self something that you've learned or a bit of advice what would it be oh wow that is deep oh my I'm sorry I tried to bring holy cow (laughs) I feel like that's something that you should have told me two days ago So that I could have so had time to no, prepare that's for the whole this. Thing. No preparation. <laughs> Off the cuff. Oh my gosh. Okay, now I feel so much pressure. No um, pressure, babe. No. no pressure. Just one thing. Like, I know for me, one thing I would definitely tell my pre cancer self is don't take yourself so seriously. Like, life, like, I was 36, and you know, by that age, you know, people, you don't have children yet. You're not married oh, yet. Oh, I know. Like, you're not this place in your career yet. Right. Like, you're not this place in ministry yet. Right. Um, but I was so serious because people kept telling me I had to be. No, I don't. I'm going to live life. Let me, yeah. let me enjoy life. And it would be, like, just astounding. I would be walking down the street. And I love to smile. Like, people know that. Like, I have an infectious smile. And, like, when I laugh, like, it's, it's just a good time. Like, we have a good time, right? Um, but people would literally say like, don't be so serious. And I started realizing what? like, oh snap, but not in a bad way yeah, because no. like I would walk around so serious all the time. And even some of my close friends would be like, if I could change something about you, it would be that you would enjoy life because you're so stuck on, you're not in this place yet because people keep saying, or, you know, you don't have children yet, or you don't have, you know, um, a husband yet, or you don't have this. And I was so serious all the time. So, and, and there's other stuff behind that as well. But sure. that's one thing I would definitely tell myself is enjoy life. Do things that, like what we're doing now, like some of the stuff we do at Yaks, I would never do. Yeah, well, yeah. Never. Yeah. But I would do like, do that. Yeah. Life is, life is never promised for anyone, cancer or, or not. Right. But do, do some stuff. Like don't just be, you know, doing the same monotonous routine I mean, don't get me wrong. I was living life. I was traveling. I was doing different stuff, doing some great stuff, but not living, living, if that makes sense. I do. It does. Absolutely. So what would you tell yourself? So I think it would be to be me. Okay. To that who you are is okay. Absolutely. And love yourself. Mm -hmm. I think that, you know, I was 24 and... You know, it was a lot of who do I need to be for everyone else? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, you know, similar to I should, you know, well, I should move out of my parents' Mm -hmm. house and I should have a job and, you know, Mm -hmm. with benefits and all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. But it was it was always, you know, will will this make me look good? Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. And now it's just 
I don't care what you think of me. Listen, I don't care at all. I don't care at all. I am me. Yep. You either like it or, or you, you don't. don't. And mm-hmm. if you don't, that's fine. And guess what? I'm okay with that. Exactly. Okay. It is because I like me. Oh, I love me. I mean, and I like I, where I'm at. And if you exactly. don't, that's okay. But that is that is a deep piece though to come to. That is a deep, deep it is. piece to it's, have to come it's to. It's really being being okay just being me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And and I love that now. Yep. It's so freeing. Yes. And I think that when you can get to that point mm-hmm. where it's like, oh my gosh, I don't care what you think. I am not. And it's not about do I need to get dressed up. I'm not. It, it's not that. Yeah. It's just do me. Absolutely. Well, I mean, don't do me. I mean, maybe. But. <laughs> <laughs> well, before she gets married, maybe she wants you to do her. But, you but... can hit her up in the comments if you feel like it. <laughs> But that's a good one. Yeah. That is a good one. Yeah. Good. Good. See, that wasn't hard. No, was no. It? I mean, I feel like it could have been better and more profound had I had time to prepare. <laughs> no, that's the whole point. No preparation. <laughs> off the cuff, babe. Off the cuff. But awesome. Thank you for being on. Thank you. This was such a great time, as we always have. Um, and if you're still listening, thank you. right thank you for rocking till the end um hopefully that excuse me you can pick up some nuggets um that we've discussed um on this episode and if you have any again questions comments suggestions definitely hit me up either in the comments um hashtag me at tej podcast find me on social media i mean this is what it's all about this to me this is what it's all about this exceptional journey putting a voice and a face to young adult cancer and it's crucial and vital to know that we are here and we are still living we are still fighting we go through stuff every day of course but we're still here right we are and we all have a story to tell so again thank you so much guys for rocking with me until the end 